0: Love Talks Radio. There is no earthy way of mowing. <laughs> Good man, i Which direction we are going. And
1: that Camino. It would have been D.W.I.
2: have reached a tipping point.
3: Good evening, good
0: evening,
3: and welcome to the tipping point. We have two great guests tonight. We've got the Kill Billy, Nathan Mowry, and we have only Cam, Cameron Stewart from Florida on tonight. Um... Thank you for joining us for The Tipping Point. I'm Stephen Platinum, and joining me, as always, is the man about town, Shy towns finest. He is Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry? I am well. How are
1: you, Mr. Platinum?
3: I'm doing good. I think, you know, I was thinking about how CM Punk, you know, finally met his dream of having an ice cream bar and passing it out to the AEW fans. Um, I think we need a Larry Goodman ice cream bar. I think there's a way we can make that happen. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I always like coming up with something that you completely don't expect me to say. I think that qualifies. If we had had a Georgia... Okay, so, you know, they have the ice cream bar. They actually do have WWE ice cream bars. And they, they sell them in stores, and they come... And there's four people on them. So there was, uh, I believe it was Roman Reigns, John Cena, uh, Becky Lynch, and and then they had like Macho Man Randy. They had like a random fourth like superstar, right? So if you had the Georgia wrestling history ice cream bars, obviously you're you're an ice cream bar. I'm an ice cream bar. Yeah. Um, Duke is probably an ice cream bar. Jabari's an ice cream, ice cream bar. Ice cream bar
1: well, exactly. Rob Rod, we need
3: five. <laughs> That's, wait, wait, who's the fourth one? Jabari. Jabari? Perhaps, Jabari's asked me to write more. Jabari, I'm trying to get you an ice cream bar, brother. So, but, but my point is, see, Larry, you stepped on my Mall. See, I'm trying to get to that ice cream bar obviously has to be Rob Rod, um, who, oh. um, for those who don't know, is leaving the Georgia area. Um, he's coming to Florida, so hopefully reports will continue, but Georgia is certainly losing a great asset of a great guy who goes to the shows. So,
1: yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, Rob Rod, on his way out, he made Georgia Wrestling History t-shirts. What? I've, yeah, so I have one. I actually have two with different things on the back, and so does Jabari. I don't know if he made one for Duke or not, because he, he he saw him at Southern Honor. But we now we have some George, we have Georgia wrestling history t-shirts, courtesy of Rob. But yeah, boy, Jumping
3: Jesus with a pogo stick. I gotta have. I got to have one. Hey, maybe to. he's maybe he's got one for you that he's bringing to Florida.
1: I don't know. It, it I was I, I, I went. I showed up at, at Southern States Pro, and there it was on the table. I don't even know how it got there. My God.
3: Yeah. My god. So M- M- yeah. M- M- you should give them my him. award to bring too. My my award for promo of the year. I'm I still <sighs> Yes, it's,
1: it's still sitting in my closet, man. <laughs> <laughs> for 2021.
3: <laughs> well, a closet is an appropriate place for any wrestling award, so I'm not I'm not upset at that in the slightest. I um, you, I know you've got a couple of news items. I, I yeah. will just say this briefly. Um, so AEW, I watched it again last night. Um, I feel like they've got some of the pepper back, man. I'm not going to say they've got it all the way there, and they got it going on. I will say that, like. There's always interesting things happening on the show. I think the women's division has quietly sort of crept up about to being relevant again. I think this like, you know, AEW originals versus like WWE defectors thing is actually somewhat interesting. Um, And, you know, the fact that I was thinking of how unique this was, Larry. So you had Jamie Hayter who's with, Um, Britt Baker, right? Britt Baker as the, like, sort of dominant heel female figure of the division. The biggest star they've ever had in AEW's women's division. I think that's safe to say, right? Britt Baker is, like, the biggest star they've ever had
0: and created.
3: And everybody's waiting for, okay, so now Jamie Hayter has kind of come on, and they went with the hot hand, and she won the title. Now, the obvious thing to do was, Britt Baker's mad about it, and they split. Instead, they turn them both face and keep them together. I don't know if that's ever really been done in wrestling before. And I think, in retrospect, as much crap as Tony Khan gets, I think it was absolutely the right move. I I, think keeping them together makes haters stronger. I think it keeps Baker stronger. And having them go two on three against the heels is a brilliant move to me. Like the fact that they're always fighting off of their backs, that even when they get over, like something bad always happens afterwards. I think it's, it's kind of classic good stuff. Um, I really like it.
1: Yeah, you know? I do too. I, Cause they can always come back to them feuding later. There's no rush. To, they didn't need to rush to get there if they're, if they're going to feud. I, I enjoyed the Jericho uh, face-off with Adam Cole. Um, I, I'm not that much feeling this Pillars and MJF. I,
3: I was going to say, I think the Pillars thing isn't as strong as it could be, but I think it was one of these, I think they also missed a, a moment where they that they should have done, which is MJF should have come into the ring. I Mm. think they missed their opportunity to have the four guys in the ring with each other, but maybe they're going to save that moment for later. I also thought that the deal that MJF worked out with Sammy Guevara felt really convoluted. It's a very AEW thing to do,
4: which is
3: we're going to cram in eight weeks worth of shit into a week and a half. Agreed. Um, You know, Um, (laughs) and it's like, and we're going to do this match, you know, Tomorrow, or it's just like, oh, geez. Like, the con- again, I think it's a, the concept is great. I also, and I like the nature of their promos to each other. It's sort of like, here's the one I hated. Like, they gave reactions how they felt about each one, which is, which is I think, a very good thing to do, especially because all three of them, outside of MJF, I mean, are not the strongest promo cutters. So I think giving them a focus, like Darby saying, this is what I think about you, and this is what I think about you. And then th- and each one of them do it in turn, I think was great, because it kind of gave a gravitas to this match beyond we're the pillars. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like everything kind of, they gave themselves a history to go off of, which I think was very, very smart. So
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, they're, you know, they're they're not going anywhere. They're going to they're a solid number two. Um, I, yeah. I I I know we don't have probably time to get into this now, but I question this whole Saturday show thing. Uh, seems problematic to me. Uh, uh, I,
3: I I agree, but I will say this: there was a time where we thought the idea of doing Monday Night Nitro was insane and it would be the death of WCW and it would be the death of the wrestling business and it would split the audience. And what it did was the improbable, which is it created a wrestling audience. Mm -hmm. Saturday might be the ticket. I don't know, but I find it to be, I, I, I I can't help it. I love this obstinate thing of, no, we're going to do more. Uh, I do think it's too much for Tony Khan to do by himself. So this might force his hand in a good way, which is let's let somebody else have do some booking. Um, the problem is I don't know anybody they've got on staff that can do it. Yeah. All I will say is as busy as I am, I can get Saturday nights free. You,
1: you, you, I'm sure you could free up some time for this because uh... – yeah, I mean Saturday. It's such a it's such a tough night on the TV schedule. With, with, and they're going to run into constant preemptions. Blah 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 blah. But yeah, yeah they need to hire you definitely.
3: Um, <laughs> um, what were the other news items that you had, Larry?
1: Oh, so um, you know the big show this weekend is uh, Game Changer is invading the center stage, and yeah. they've got. They're doing pretty well at the box office. Looks like they've got 500 sold.
3: I appreciate that, guys. I don't have two dollars on me. Sorry, my kids are offering to take trash to the dumpster for me, which is fun. But yes, game changers happening. Yes.
1: Yeah. So they got 500. They got 500 tickets sold. So they're they're in pretty good shape going into the um, last day, and there's going to be some crazy matches. I mean, Vakongo and Commander. um, Yeah. Mike Bailey and, and Alex Zane. Uh, Allison Danger and Billy Starks. The list goes on. That's so it's going to be really My God,
3: Allison Danger. Yep. yep. They're talking about a name from the past. I mean, she had a thing with the WWE, right? She was like at the training center and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and no, did I see no spring this chicken? right? Did they, just, did they just announce Sawyer Wreck and Masha Slamovich?
1: I don't think that's Friday.
3: They're so oh, okay. they're, in,
1: they're in Orlando Saturday too. Um I don't see that I see the um that is Saturday in Orlando.
3: Oh my god. God, of course I
1: work. Damn it. Yeah, that's Saturday. Yeah, that that'd be a match to see.
3: Uh um, so I'm gonna see I mean I'm gonna see Sawyer Wreck Sawyer Rex against Serpentico on Sunday at uh, Mayhem on the middle. Oh so
1: And speaking of Sawyer Wreck, we've got, you know, two uh nice additions to the Scenic City this year. Sawyer Rec and Timothy Thatcher added to the field yes. recently. So that's that, that that spices that up a bit. Uh they needed some, some new they needed some different blood in that field.
3: Yes, um, and obviously the uh, rumble money has kicked in and the tax returns <laughs> so oh God, he's gonna get mad. I'm just making a joke, kind of. And so yes. I think Sawyer Wreck is a great – here's a question, though, Larry. I'm just to be a jerk, because that's what I do. So if you let Billy Starks do so well in your Scenic City tournament, does it look ridiculous when Sawyer Wreck gets eliminated in the first round? (laughs) Uh, When little old Billy Starks plowed through your field? That's
1: a very legit point. Do you, do you think sorry, Rexod, is going to be, not going to make it out of the
3: first round? No. <laughs> but I could be wrong. But, you know, well, and Billy Starks, by the way, um, possibly signed by AEW. Apparently, Tony Schiavone let that slip, but nothing official has been announced.
1: Well, so. then, I, then I can say I'm officially wrong about Billy Starks, because I did not think she was going to get there, and she's already there, and congratulations to her. I did not think yes. she would get to a major league contract. So that's fantastic. And apparently
3: she has. And I mean, it, I will say the, the Billy Starts Start hype train, there's been almost nothing like it. I think no. the equivalent on the East Coast was Willow Nightingale, where it's one of these mm-hmm. things where it's like people just decided they liked her, and that was enough. And I'm, not, I'm saying that it sounds really patronizing. But, you know, a lesson that I taught my kids from the time they were born to the, you know, they could repeat it to you now. They said, what's the most important thing? They would tell you, it's that people like you. And I got to tell well, you, uh, wrestlers need to take heed. It's, <laughs> it applies to all aspects of life, but especially wrestling. It is important yeah. that people like you.
1: Yeah, and there's not much more of a likeable than uh, Billy Starks. Um mm-hmm. The other piece of news is it appears that we will have a return of Anarchy Wrestling. What? Uh if you go to the Anarchy Facebook page, it says Hardcore Hell 25 coming in 2023. Um I I know more that I cannot divulge at this point. De- details will follow, and uh, the details will first be posted on Georgia Wrestling History when they're actually uh, public. But yeah, it's wow. Anarchy rises from the ashes.
3: 2023, which is already scheduled to be. One of the wackiest years in Georgia wrestling history, no pun intended, gets a little wackier. <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy news, man. And um, I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk about this more. I'm sure I'll talk to other people about this more. Um, but yeah, great stuff. Anarchy returns. One of the big daddies of Georgia wrestling. Um, man, and Florida wrestling is bonkers. Oh, by the way, I bought <sighs> Ron Nemi, man. He knows how to get to me. He goes, you should come to the Shine show. <laughs> and I'm like, when is it? And he goes, June 18th or whatever it is. He's like, come to Shine. All women's show in Florida. So so I'm going. Nice. Um, it's all the way in Clearwater. It's at that venue again. I guess oh, they got yeah. that venue back. and Ron is going to be their commentator. Ron is getting more work, Larry. My God, yes, so he should. He's great. <laughs> so he, he absolutely so he should. should. Be. And uh, hey, um, so uh, yeah, y-
1: you want to do the um, the intro here? I believe we have a guest ready on the line.
3: Oh yeah, man! Um, you would be wise to subscribe to this man. He is known as Only Cam. Um, he is, uh, one of the best I've seen in Florida lately. I, you know, I called Jake Tucker. I'm calling him now, um, future signed star, Cameron Stewart. How are you doing, man? What's
4: up, guys? you Thank, for having me on. I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Doing Not good, man.
3: Uh, Cameron, Very I'm going to start with you. Um, so I saw him on uh, this show called Local Pro Wrestling. Still the worst fucking name of any wrestling show. (laughs) But, like, seeing him and uh, Asia, who was a girl that they had fill in, who was from Australia, on this show that was, like, in this tiny little convention, you know, it was in tiny little, like, you know, basically a gymnasium. Um, But you really stood out to me and uh ever since I've seen your Instagram is it how much
4: weight have you lost lately Yeah I uh I just posted that cuz the uh the other day so yesterday I weighed in at uh uh 180 and 7 months ago I was 215 217 so uh yeah I've been uh <laughs> uh working out really hard at the gym uh 5 6 days a week uh eating right um just trying to do everything to get in the uh the best shape possible for for wrestling. So yeah.
3: So real quick before Larry asks you a question, describe what describe your WrestleMania week to me. I know that I know that you were there and you were part of a lot of different things. What was your WrestleMania week like in uh, in
4: LA? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was a little bit chaotic. Uh so Uh, My sister lives out there, so I was staying with her while I was out there, so it was was great to see her since I wrestle all the time now, but um, on the Thursday of the WrestleMania week, um, we had the Coastal Championship Wrestling, which is a promotion here in Florida. Um, They were having TV tapings at the Telemundo TV studio, and also they had a QT Marshall seminar there, so my week started off for wrestling, pretty much. Uh, I did the QT Marshall seminar, which he's great. I've done a done a few of those seminars before, uh, so much just, uh, knowledge and, and everything he does. And then we did the show that night where I wrestled Hunter Drake, which is, uh, someone that works on GC- GCW and a few other promotions. And I actually met him a couple years ago when I, uh, I did a show at the school of Morton in Tennessee. So I met him a couple years ago. So it was kind of cool that we, uh, reconnected there and, uh, actually got to wrestle each other. And then, um, that Friday, uh, CCW was supposed to have tapings all weekend, but they ended up getting canceled for some reason. Uh, so I was supposed to do shows you know, all weekend with them, but, but that didn't happen. So Friday, I actually ended up doing WrestleCon. Uh, I was right next to the guns, Austin and Colton and Billy. Uh, I was chilling out there, uh, meeting a lot of new people, selling some of my stuff. And then uh, Saturday, I did extra work for NXT. And I had to be there at uh, 5.30 in the morning. So uh, I was pretty much there from 5.30 to 2.00 p.m. I did a couple entrances. Uh, I did, like, the Chase U entrance, and I did Tony's entrance, too. And uh, that was really cool. And then after that, that night, I just went to WrestleMania. And then uh, pretty much for the rest of the weekend, I uh, just went to a couple other indie shows. And uh, and I went to WrestleMania both nights, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, pretty chaotic.
1: Sounds fairly busy. Yeah. since you know most of our listeners are uh, Georgia folks, since we're based here, they don't, you know, they're, they're not too familiar with you. Could you give us a little bit about your background? Where did you, where did you
4: train? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so in August of twenty twenty. I uh, I moved down here and uh, I live in Florida. I moved down here to train at uh, Flatbacks with uh, Sean Spears and Tyler Breeze, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been uh, training with them ever since. Um, I've gone to like a bunch of different seminars throughout my time being there, uh, but that is that's my main school. Um, I guess in in wrestling, uh, I'm from Massachusetts originally, so. Wrestling-wise, I uh, I didn't like get into it professionally uh, since 2020. But as a kid, when I was 14, I built my first ring in my backyard. I somehow convinced my parents to let me build a wrestling <laughs> ring in my backyard, <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, somehow my dad was crazy enough to help me do it. So uh, so yeah, so I, I I I built like I think three different wrestling rings before I uh, moved down here from then. And uh, so I, I back out wrestling for a while uh, before I got into wrestling professionally. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much. let's just a little little taste of my backstory. So yeah. So
1: if if uh, we're gonna if, if we're gonna point uh, some of our listeners or to the like quintessential Cam Stewart match, what matches are you most Proud of what should they look for in Cameron Stewart's uh, catalog of matches?
4: So um, I had a really cool one recently. It wasn't very long, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like I said, I went to the QT Marshall seminar and I've been to a few mm-hmm. of them. I got to wrestle QT at uh, one of the CCW bashes at the Brew. Um, I think that's. I'm pretty sure that's on the YouTube channel right now. Oh, nice. Um, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, uh, it was it was a. About a year ago now, but I got to wrestle uh, Austin and Colton Gunn um, at Pro Wrestling Action. Oh, it was a while ago, but uh, that match really—I really enjoyed that one personally because, uh, like, I trained with them and stuff. And uh, I started when Colton started training, so it was really cool to get to wrestle each other on a show. Um, when the Hunter Drake match themselves, that was—that was a really good one as well. Um, and uh
1: what one more question before i pass it back to steve do you prefer wrestling babyface or heel do, if you have a preference and if so why
4: Ooh, okay uh that's a good question uh so i personally i really enjoy both but uh for me i like wrestling heel a lot better because uh i don't know i just feel like i can i can do more to get the crowd engaged than I can when I'm a baby face. Um, and it's just I don't know, it's just it's it's a, it's more fun just flopping all around and stuff and being ridiculous and uh especially with the Only Cam's. it's uh the Only cams is essentially a heel character, uh, to begin with. So uh with that I really I really enjoy being heel and uh getting underneath people's skins. I
3: was I was really thrown off. so When I saw Cameron for the first time, he was clearly, definitively a heel. And then at Pro Wrestling Action, they had him work this uh, cowboy guy who had totally shit the bed with his promo the show before. And he had shit the bed so badly in that promo, Larry, that they basically decided this guy is a heel now. And the audience <laughs> just totally was just, just, just like oh, yeah, this guy, we don't like this guy. Even though he cut this sincere, like, I'm so sorry I let you guys down by losing so much promo. But the promo was so bad that the crowd was like, yeah, you're a loser. And so then they just made him, which I thought was great, this sort of, like, surly, bitter dude. (laughs) And then he's wrestling Cameron. And so Cameron immediately switches to babyface. And I thought, like, boy they just kind of went with the flow. It was kind of great to see in real time because most of the time people just look confused. Now maybe Cameron will correct me and go like, no, the plan was for him to be heel and for me to be face," which also works. But I definitely got the vibe of, because the pro wrestling action show in Florida is a very like family friendly kind of nuts and bolts, simple, like we know who the face is. We know who the heel is kind of show. And so for there to be this sort of subtlety of, well, the, he bombed this promo so bad that we're just going to, like he jumped Cameron at the bell and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, he's going to be heel. I don't know if Cameron can pull off face because there's nothing about his thing that's baby face, but he did it. Like he all of a sudden, you know, he sold great. Um, he played off of the guy really well. And then you realize like, well, but Cameron's really good looking. So that helps. Right. <laughs> so this like a sort kind of surly <laughs> cowboy guy kicking the shit out of him. All of a sudden you kind of see the dynamic at work. So I would say like Cameron's whole vibe, it's kind of, it's very similar to Jake Tucker. I don't mean to keep making that comparison. I'm not saying they're the same person at all, but there's something about Jake Tucker that's infinitely punchable. You know, he's just got the face that you're like, because I mean, he's, like, he's like a souped up Jake Paul. So you're just like, I fucking hate that guy, right? And Cameron's got a similar vibe of like, uh, like, he, like Cameron's whole look is, I've never, like it's everything that old people would hate about the idea of an influencer. was <laughs> so just like, why does this kid get to make money just doing nothing? Like that's his whole <laughs> shtick. And, um, yeah, but he, he did pull off baby face very admirably in a place where you've got to be a clear-cut baby face if you're a baby at like, perfecting uh-huh. action. Just, there's no room for ambiguity there. And uh, he can play both. I got to see it literally in the first two times I saw it. So that was really fascinating to see. Nice. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Dude, was no, that the plan know, for him to be heel and you to be babyface for that match?
4: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the plan originally was like he was a babyface, but he was like turning heel. So it was kind of, it was, it was, it was interesting. But um, but I've I've worked I worked babyface a bunch before, like through training and stuff, like at flatbacks. Like they they make us do both, and I I also experimented with a bunch of different characters too. So if I need to pull that out. I have it like stored down inside, but I am a heel most places. Obviously, with the gimmick, like you said, I got bleach blonde hair. I'm wearing all pink. I'm talking like, like, like I, I don't know. I'm on a, like a sex hotline, pretty much, with the character and stuff. It's just, it's really just out of pocket. So, um, so yeah.
3: <laughs> What's See, um, so you're getting a lot of appearances at NXT, um. You know, it's you're one of these guys that feels like they've got they're sort of they're sort of connected in all over the place, whether it's like stuff with Q T or maybe some AEW dark stuff in the future. Like what's yep. your what are what's your thinking of what's gonna happen um, this year as far as that kind of thing? You think you're gonna continue to do extra work? Um, are you gonna get some dark match stuff? What do you think's gonna happen? Yeah, definitely.
4: So like I feel like right now, like, um, I've done extra work a bunch, and I, I love doing the extra work, and I love being there and stuff. I really want to get a tryout, though. Um, that's that's my goal. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's most wrestlers' goal is to, to be signed and, and to make a living off of wrestling and to basically just fulfill their uh, childhood dream. So, I mean, my goal is to get signed someplace. Uh, things Things are looking pretty good for this year. So I don't know if that will happen necessarily this year, but I know that I'm on like 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 we were talking about earlier with like getting in shape and all that stuff. I I feel like I'm on a really good good path, and I have a lot of uh, uh, good connections in um, wrestling to to make that happen. Um, I've had a bunch of like AEW matches before, uh, mm-hmm. AEW Dark matches, and uh, I'll be going to AEW in Sunrise this Wednesday in Florida. So I might, might see me out there in some capacity, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think just, uh, just keep staying on the grind and, uh, keep getting out there and doing things better myself, uh, has me on a pretty good path right now.
3: You know, Larry and I didn't get a chance to talk about this in like the news segment we do in the beginning, but Larry, did you hear this thing about since Endeavor has acquired WWE, that they're looking to make $50 million in cuts to the payroll. And I did hear something about that, yes. So, so supposedly yeah. it's going to happen to, like, staff mostly. But you and I both yeah. know. That they can say that all day. That it's, oh, we're not going to cut – they're going to cut wrestlers at some point, right? And yeah. when they do, strangely – what that does is it opens the door wide open. Like the last time they did cuts is when they did those tryouts where they picked up Jake Tucker and, you know, and Layla Gray got a look and all that kind of stuff. So I, I imagine that in the next couple of months, you know, again, people get in Georgia, get mad when I say this, but wrestling lives in Florida and um, you know, it would be great to see Cameron get that tryout. I imagine the training at flatbacks, because a bunch of the flatback students come into the Waffle House where I work, because it's right next to the school, I guess. And okay, it's, always, okay. it's, always, it's, always, it's always interesting talking to them because they don't know me from Adam, right? So they just think that I'm some, like, guy who likes wrestling or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and they I'm, know. I'm asking them very specific, <laughs> pointed questions, you know. And, um, and the training there seems really good. I mean, Asia really yeah. thought a lot of it as well. She, you know, she, she's from Australia. She was here for, like, six weeks or eight weeks or something, And she trained there, and she really spoke highly of it. And, you know, as we continued to communicate, she was like, yeah, I can feel like I feel much more confident going back about my in-ring. Like I feel like, okay, I can kind of go with anybody. And uh, so, I mean, who's, if you don't mind me asking, who's who's actually, who does like kind of the nuts and bolts day-by-day training over there? Because whoever they are, they're doing a great job from all accounts.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sean Spears and Tyler Breeze, like, they own the school, and they're they're pretty much the head trainers. And for like all the eight weeks that everyone's there, I mean, they're pretty much in there like every single day. Um, like, they like, they like, they both show up like pretty much all days of the week, and they they really put their time and their effort into. Uh, Like, if you really want to do this, like, develop you and molding you into a good, like, in-ring worker and, like, helping you with your character and really, like, any questions, like, you have or, or need answers, like, they're there for you and they'll help you, like, like, so much. Like, they've helped me, like, just with everything so much. Like, I had, like, no clue about wrestling going, like, into it before, like, what I was expecting, like like not no clue about wrestling but no clue about like how to actually do it and they really break everything down and it's it's, it's kind of almost like a college course like when you go there but it's wrestling um so it's really cool and unique and it's uh something i've only seen at like a few other wrestling schools you know
1: from seeing you on video yeah you obviously appear to be a good athlete did you have other athletic stuff in your background before you did wrestling or along with it. Yeah,
4: so uh yeah, um and uh so ever since I was a little kid, um I played soccer, uh basketball, baseball, um I did track and field. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I did a little bit of amateur wrestling in high school too. So I kind of I kind of went all over the place. Um, but yeah, I was always always athletic. I had a trampoline growing up. I was I was on there like all the time, like that's what I do my free time. Uh, so, yeah, so I was always, like, athletic and uh, active pretty much from the young like, probably since I was, like, I don't know, five, six,
3: seven. So. All that yeah, jibes, yeah. because my number one thing when I, um, I did the – I wrote the one report, and I'm writing the one for pro wrestling action as well. And the thing I noted was most guys who are newer – the number one way you can tell that they're new is their footwork is garbage. Like, they take too many steps or not enough. Like, I I think the guy who has the best footwork in professional wrestling, period, maybe in wrestling history, is Dustin Rhodes. Like, that guy... (laughs) That guy looks like he's really fast, but he's not. He just is so good at, like being at the right place and not wasting motion with his feet. He's like the yep. best at it. But Cameron right away, I just went like, Oh, he's not, he doesn't have the happy feet thing. He doesn't yeah, like, yeah. he's always where he's supposed to be in a natural way. And again, that just comes with, um, you know, I'm, I'm big on this book called the, the Medici effect and what it says in effect is the best thing you can do when you're doing a specific activity is to bring in knowledge from a similar but not same activity. And I think stuff like soccer, track and field, and all the rest of it really lend themselves towards pro wrestling in a way that people don't quite get. As far as the physicality, what is required, breath control, all this kind of stuff that we don't really talk about, um, I think Cameron just already brings those kind of skills and acquired gifts um, and then applies them to wrestling. Um, like he had to cut a promo once after his match, which normally I hate. <laughs> Nothing I hate worse than an indie guy like huffing and puffing his way huffing through puff- yeah. a, a yeah. terrible promo. But I was like, oh, he's fine. Like, <laughs> like I was like, oh, okay. And, and it's not just about being in shape; it's about knowing how to. I mean, stuff he probably doesn't even have to think about anymore because he's been, you know, involved in different physical activities for so long. So all that stands to reason. And, again, like Hunter James last week, uh, you can't substitute real athleticism, can you, Larry? You just Mm -mm. can't. Mm -mm. You can't fake it. Mm.
1: No, no. So, um, Cameron, where can people in Florida or maybe elsewhere see you uh, coming up soon?
4: Definitely. Uh, so, this weekend, I'm doing uh, back at local pro wrestling again. Um, that's that's uh, tomorrow night, uh, being a tag team match there. Uh, I think uh, Orlando Colon's going to be there, too. And a few right. Other He's in the
3: main uh, event against the guy that I said they yeah. should be champion, so they made him champion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Um, I'll be there this week, um, and tomorrow, uh, or not tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, Saturday is just taping, uh, and I'll be doing that, and that. I'm not sure when that's going to air um, for Just Wrestling. And then, um, that's it. and then maybe you'll see me at AEW and Sunrise on the Sunday. Uh, but then coming up outside of that I'll I'll be at the Monster Factory again back in New Jersey. I went up there pretty recently. Um uh, wow. to make my way back up to the New England scene and do uh chaotic wrestling. Oh and, great. Uh, I'll be at C CC- yeah, I'll be at CCW uh Conquer Kissimmee uh next month. Um and then I, I do of you guys a lot for WWN. That's in uh, New- Newport Richie, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'll probably be there uh sometime within the next month. But also, really, right now too. Uh, so I'm trying to look into uh, like this past weekend, I did uh, I did 901 wrestling, and that that was in Memphis. And I also did EPW wrestling in Mississippi. So right now I'm also. Whoa, my to, God! Uh, uh,
1: uh, Whoa, branching out!
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I'm like I w- I worked for a variation of those guys, Larry, in like 2000. Really? Like, oh my God, that freaks me out that you have worked for that Mississippi <laughs> <Wow>.
4: promotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that's oh my God. It, Was it in was it in a uh, Boneville when you were there? Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. So because I went to yep.
3: school. I went to school for a year in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So that's when oh, I oh, was God. really getting my. I was I was wrapping <laughs> up my wrestling career, so I was working every show I could. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> holy, wow. hopefully. That's small, wild. small world. <laughs> hey, that's great
1: experience yeah, getting out in front of so many different crowds, different types of fans, mm-hmm. et cetera.
4: Yeah. This past weekend, I was literally up for, like, almost three days because I did uh, I did CCW Conquer Kissing Me here, and uh, that was Friday night. and Then I had to fly out. I had to be at the airport at, like, around, like, 3, 3.30. And my flight was at 5, and I had a flight to Atlanta. And then from Atlanta, I flew to Memphis. And 9.01, I had the show in the morning. Uh, they had like a morning, like afternoon show, so I did that, and then immediately after that, we drove straight to Mississippi, did that show, and then we drove all the way back here to Florida. And then, <laughs> like, yeah, and then Sunday, like Sunday was chaotic too. But uh, but yeah, right now I'm trying to just branch out and also like wrestle outside of places, just outside of Florida, and just get my name out there to to more people. I might be going to Canada soon as well. So uh, if if anyone follows my social media, uh, V Cam Stewart on everything. Uh, you can keep up to date with all my, like, future bookings and everything I got going on.
3: Excellent. Son of a bitch.
4: You know what? I'm going to... Uh, fuck.
3: Even though there's... I shouldn't go because I'd be so tired. I'm going to do my best to get to that local pro wrestling show. The the reason I I hesitate to go because it's at that showcase of Citrus Place, right? And so yeah, that's a I bit of, so. that's a bit of a haul for me because I mean even though it's the next town over, it's way in the middle of nowhere. It's the place that I go, yeah. Larry, on on Christmas. You know when I mean the kids take the monster truck yeah. tour. And yeah. Yeah. That's the place. And so I guess they do. You guys wrestle in that like common area, like where like the shop entrances are and stuff. Oh, is honestly, that where they do the wrestling? Yeah, I think that's where they do basketball. it. And so. This place is so campy, man, and so I think what they do is they clear out the like covered area in between the shops, and uh, they draw really good crowds there that's what's crazy. I don't know if they're going to do the community center shows anymore because the last one I went to they only had like thirty people there, but these showcase yeah. citrus shows do really well, so if i can if I can get out of if I can finish my job early enough, I will definitely make my way there. Um, just because I'm, I just, I just want to see Cameron in action again. Who are, who are you working? Do you know?
4: Uh, I'm tagging with uh, this, uh, this guy named Rich Wise, and uh, we're <laughs> facing off against. Yeah, let me get their names right. Uh, D A Dove and Moon Dog. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah, I'll
3: do my level best to get there. Um, are you going to be on the next Pro Wrestling Action Show in May?
4: Uh, yes. Yes, I will be. Um, I think oh, the sure. match is going to be announced soon. So, uh, but, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be in a tag team match there. But, uh, but yeah. Cool. cool. Well, man,
3: thank you yeah. for coming on so much. I just, I really wanted you on yeah. because we have a habit of having people on and then they get signed and one, I wanted you to get signed, <laughs> and two, I, I wanted to look like a genius for having you on, so <laughs> thank,
0: thank you for
3: uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on with us, man. I mean, it sounds like you're really busy, um, and you know, Georgia promoters listen to this, and uh, like I said, I mean, I, I definitely put my stamp on camera, and he's going he's gonna to show up, and he's going to bring a really different thing. You need to you know, he gave you his social media. You really need to check it out because even the promo that you cut with uh, with Bunny with Mila, um, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. I was sorry that she couldn't she missed her flight for that show, but um, you yeah. know, you've got the you've got the goods. You've got the pepper, as I love to say on here from time to time. And um, yeah, I'll be. I can't wait to see you wrestle again. And it looks like I'll be seeing you at least a couple of times in the next month. So it's going to be great.
4: Yeah. No, thank thank you guys for having me on. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Good but luck. On,
3: man. Yeah.
4: Of course.
3: Thank you. Well, it's our man. Uh,
1: yeah. Our uh next guest has been waiting patiently in the green room.
3: Oh hell, bring him on, man. Let's bring him oh, on. God, this I is the, uh,
1: him. Let's let's get the killbilly, Nathan Mowry on The Tipping Point. Welcome, sir.
3: What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Doing All right. good, man. All right. I'm going well to open here, Larry. Um, when, when you showed up at No Peace Underground, uh, I was uh, equal parts, I'm just going to be honest, I was equal parts excited to see you work and also uh, trepidate. I felt very trepidatious because I thought, he is going to fucking suck. And I love this show. <laughs> I love No Peace. <laughs> But he's going to come in here, and he's going to think. And then, you know, you, two, two things struck me right away. Larry. So he immediately had an entrance. Like, he obviously had a thing that he worked out. He had, like, brought all this energy, enthusiasm. And the crowd did not respond to him by and large because he, they didn't know him. Mm-hmm. But it didn't throw him off. So right off the bat, I went. I love that he just came out like 100%. Then you, you, you were in this like multi-person match, so it was easy to sort of get lost in the mix. But the, the second thing I noted was your basics were so good. And often at the deathmatch shows, because I watch them all, right, the, the, the knock is always, these are guys that can't wrestle with the fuck all, Who. And you know what? That criticism exists because sometimes it is definitely true. And oh, I love deathmatch wrestling, but I will cop to that, right? Yes, there are guys sure. that don't know how to do stuff. But your basics were great. And then you, you were the sacrificial lamb that took the big spot, the big fire spot. And I went, oh, yeah. that's exactly what you're supposed to do when you're kind of new to the deathmatch world. <laughs> you're supposed to be the sort of, I call it being the bumping bitch, right? You're, <laughs> you're the guy yeah. who's got to take the spot. My then, bullshit. Larry, this is more impressive to me. All right, I'm so, Nathan, I know you're just like, I have a girlfriend, I don't need to be blown this much, but I'm going to blow you one more time. So at the last <laughs> No Peace show, now I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing him, right? I'm just like, this is going to be great. And then he's in a match with um, Ozzy Kilmeister, is that right? Yes. Um, who I also met and talked to at length, and he's great. Um, okay. and Mad Man Pondo. So I have oh. to confess something. I oh. despise whenever I have to see Mad Man Pondo because I'm always of the mind of, Sigh. he's got to get carried through the thing. I get yeah. that he's a legend. I yeah. hate to watch him wrestle because I'm always afraid he's going to die, like legitimately, yeah. like something yeah. bad's going to happen. This man, Nathan, the killbill, they did a Tower of – Larry, <laughs> Madman Pondo is on the turnbuckles for the Tower of Doom spot, which means Nathan not only has to get power bombed by Ozzy, he has to yoke up – Madman Pondo. You know Madman Pondo is not jumping. He has not done a post. He is not going to help himself over. It is like trying to suplex a garbage bag full of mashed potatoes. And and Kill Billy muscled that fucker up. Again, he's being powerbombed, so he has no leverage. He doesn't have his feet on anything, right? He's basically getting taken for a ride. And having to yoke that, Larry, he yoked him up. I mean, he got him up, over, and they hit the spot clean. And I thought, that is the most underrated, like, nobody appreciates that spot like they should. I am nothing but impressed. And, like, every time this guy gets color, Jeff G. Bailey masturbates. Like, like, (laughs) 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 Like, you should be. Super proud of yourself. I know, oh, okay. I know Mikhail is proud of you. Anybody who knows you is proud of you. I just got to tell you, I thought you would shit the bed on this wrestling thing. I doubly thought you would shit it in the death match thing. I am, could not be more wrong and could not be happier that I'm completely wrong. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop oh, talking that for a moment.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah, like,
2: at no peace is crazy. That spot was nuts because like, Obviously, I grew up a massive deathmatch wrestling fan. So, of course, I had, like, I was like, oh, shit, I'm wrestling Madman Pondo. That's a huge deal to me, you know. And, he's and like, right before we go out or whatever, I was like, what all do you want to do? He's like, ah, we'll just go out there and have fun. Like, he doesn't plan any spots or anything. I'm like, all right, but I kind of need to know uh, he's a little bit of what's going on. But he's like, yeah, I want to do a Tower of Doom, and I want you to suplex me through a big pane of glass. And he could tell I wasn't, like, super confident about it because I'm like, man, you're, like, twice my size he's like no i'll I'll get over be good but i was like so i was like i hope i can get him up on this suplex but at the same time i'm like this is madman pondo this is like a hero of mine so i don't want to kill madman pondo at the same time but it was uh it was great it was an honor to work him and just be involved in the whole deathmatch theme that i've been you know obsessed with since being a kid and uh and I'm glad that, because uh, a lot of people were just like, whatever, this, this camera guy's trying wrestling. Like like you said, he's going to shit the bed. It's just whatever. But I've been really, like, I love wrestling and I love deathmatch wrestling. That's something I really want to put a lot of effort into and be good at it, you know? So that's why I want to learn, you know, how to do my fundamentals and be uh, a good wrestler before I implement, you know, the weaponry and everything. Because that is, like, a common problem with a lot of deathmatches. It's like... There's just a lot of people just hitting each other in the head with furniture, with mm-hmm. no stories or psychology or whatever, and that's something I really want to implement. You know.
1: So yeah. I, I have a a, a a a small story too about when you came into Pro South. Hmm. Um, so Ace says he's booking you there. He says he asked me, "Well, does he wrestle?" I said, "I don't know." I've only seen you do deathmatch, but but I just just to say the same thing. I was impressed by your. The, the, I loved what you did with John Christopher, but the, but the, but your fundamentals were there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So so yeah, where did that's... you get, Where did the fundamentals come from? Like so, who did? How did? How did you train? Yeah. So originally, so this is kind of how. Uh,
2: it's kind of like a longer story, but essentially, I went to Nightmare
1: Factory for a very
2: short time, probably about. On and off for four months. I was very inconsistent when I first started. And I was, I'm Francis uh, Luther from AEW. And uh, he was like, hey, I'll, I'd love to train you. And I'm like, well, awesome. I'm a huge like FMW Mark. And he was an FMW in Japan and stuff. So I love his stuff. So he was teaching me things. And then cu- kind of COVID happened. And then I kind of just. Stop pursuing it and then uh my girlfriend really encouraged me like she actually bought a cameo from nick gage where he was like gasping me up like "Yo, yeah, chase your dreams do this death match thing and i was like yeah i'm gonna do it again and then i uh through uh dallas i met uh jimmy wayne yang and uh he uh was like hey i'd, I'd train you if, if that's something you're interested in and i was like oh absolutely and he's been like
1: awesome. oh nice I, yeah he's
2: like he, he's such a detail person and he is like Man, that guy rules. He, like, really knows his shit. So it's, like, he'll put it in ways where it just clicks in my head really good. So I tra- I train with him, and then I also train with uh, Buff Bagwell. So it's a mix of, like, you have Jimmy, who is so technically sound and knows details and how to convey all this information. But then you also have someone like Buff, who's really good at the showmanship part. Like, this is where you – Jimmy would be like, this is where you hold. This is how you do it. But Buff is like, this is when you hit your pose or whatever. And uh, those fundamentals are just, like, priceless, you know. So, yeah, they're really, really good. So that's kind of where I've learned the fundamentals. And and that's where, uh, you know, even from Luther or even Tank or other people that I, you know, am around, they always, they're like a wrestler first. And then Deathmatch is, like, additional on top of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's that's the way I always want to take it. I, I think Deathmatch wrestling could be great. I just think it gets a bad rep because there's a lot of examples of terrible death matches,
3: you know. It might. Right. And the guys who are the best at it often are guys that are sort of off-putting for various reasons. Like, I mean, Drake, right? Like,
1: mm. I
3: can think whatever I want about his politics. I can make fun of him for running for stuff in Florida and failing, but he's maybe the one of the three best death match wrestlers going. Just the for way sure. he structures his matches, the way he understands how to elicit, the, because if people are there for a spec, like the, my, the only difference between people, there's two lines of thought, right? Deathmatch wrestling isn't wrestling, or deathmatch wrestling is absolutely pro wrestling. I think mm-hmm. the answer somewhere in between. I think, mm-hmm. I think there's an, over emphasis on the spectacle in deathmatch wrestling which is why we because you don't need a story in deathmatch wrestling which For means sure. it's not pro wrestling to me in, in the sense that it's not pure pro wrestling because it, it's such an emphasis on the spectacle as opposed to we're doing this to get to this point they can get away with just at the end of the day you're going to see the spectacular thing right yeah. but the guys that understand the storytelling aspect or how to build to a spot and get more out of less are always going to be better off right and
4: Definitely. again
3: it starts with who are you when you step through the curtain which a lot of mm-hmm. deathmatch guys don't really care about like i was almost going to make a joke of just recording everybody's entrance at no peace once just to show mm-hmm. that more than half of the people literally just walk to the ring and don't, don't do a thing. They don't have a pose. They don't have a, whatever. They probably think it's, 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 it's beneath them or it's, it's kind of taking away, but the, that performative aspect of establishing who you are to the audience is vital. Um, And it's the kind of thing that I would love to see more in Deathmatch. It's, it's strangely the group that I think is doing it the best as far as death matches XPW. Cause I go like, I know who everybody is, right? I can watch them. This is the evil MAGA group. This yeah. is the like, never say die, dude. Who's I, I have a question for you, Nathan. Who's in your mind, who's kill Billy? Like what, like what do you want people to get out of? Like, what do you want people to be able to, if they're going to talk to, whoever after the show who didn't see the show, what do you want them to say about Killbilly that they need to understand? I think that's a good question.
2: I've never actually have been able to articulate that, but I want to believe that it's uh, like you hear people talking about how the wrestling character is a more amped-up version of themselves, and that's what the Killbilly is. It's, it's I'm a violent backwoods southerner that's not afraid of doing anything dangerous, not afraid to cut somebody else somebody who's just like a loose cannon crazy, you know, Southern killer type. That's like what I'm trying to, you know, get out, a more emphasized version of who I am as a person. So I come from like, you know, a hardcore music background or the punk rock scene and everything. So I'm what implements of that, but also I'm Southern. I was brought up in Southern culture. So a mix of, you know, punk culture and Southern culture and the kind of the violence and the, uh, I was obviously, uh, real big on, um, like jackass and stuff too, so I always love doing crazy stunts and whatever. The way that I describe it is, uh, if Rob Zombie directed a jackass movie, is how I wanna <laughs> like
0: that.
2: <laughs> 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 Tremendous.
0: Well, Rob, <laughs> if, if I, I could. could if, not, yeah
3: if I could offer a suggestion, anybody that I've like trained or I deal with in wrestling, even to this day will tell you one of the things that I say that infuriates them the most, but helps them the most is I'll say, this is not the thing, but here's a thing. And what I mean yeah. is here's an idea that I have. It's probably not the thing that you should do, but it points you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when I think of madman Pondo, what I think of is, him holding that ridiculous saw, right? Like that, like (laughs) that circular saw blade at the end of the stick. And, and I think it's one of those things that has helped define him through the years. Um, even if he doesn't use the thing, it doesn't matter. There's just something about that association. I think if, if you had something that tied in, the Southern killbelly thing that was like a, a token that we could hold on to as an audience member. If you had some kind of weapon. So here's the, here's not, this isn't the thing, but here's the thing, right? Mm. Like even if you had like a washboard or mm. something, something where you're something to use as a weapon, but more something that fits in with the character, like it's an oh. implement that you bring to the ring because it's who you are. It just happens to be something that you could use as a weapon. But it's not you don't think of it primarily as a weapon first. So yeah, like definitely. like banjo, like this isn't the thing but it's the thing. Like something that's banjo or something that says like, you know, screams Kill Billy. Like when I think of when I heard Kill Billy, one, fantastic name. Two, the hmm, first thanks. thing I thought of was uh, was a uh, um was Crybaby, the Johnny Depp movie. And how his whole, like, surrogate family was, like, this, these sort of, like, rockabilly, like, confederate weirdos. But they weren't confederate yeah. in the, like, racist way, quite the opposite. They were confederate in the true, like, rebel, greaser, out-of-society way. And I think if there's yeah. something that would definitely point to, this is a guy who lives on the edge. This guy does not live in Atlanta. This this guy lives in a town you've never heard of in Georgia, you know, like that, that kind of whatever that thing is, I think it would definitely lend itself towards the character even more. Yeah, for sure.
2: There's like a, there's a lot of wrestlers. That I really like to have like their own signature weapon. They come to the ring with like Casanova Valentine has like the garden weasel or the Sandman has a kendo stick, something that's just associated with them. And I always mm-hmm. thought it was cool. And that's like a, uh, because, you know, I work for DDP, and he's real big on, like, you know, the diamond cutter hand sign. And that's, like, mm-hmm. such a super over thing. And so that's why I do, like, the devil horns to, like, my head or whatever. Because, like, I'm like, okay, I want my own version of the diamond cutter thing that I could just sit there and hit a cool pose. But I agree 100%. I want to have, like, my own signature weapon that fits with the aesthetic of who the killbilly is. But I haven't quite figured that out. I play with fire a lot, so maybe I can make that my thing. But I don't really know yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. So who is on uh, Nathan Mowry's list of favorite deathmatch wrestlers? Oh my God, uh, man, there's a lot.
2: Um, I think obviously a big Nick Gage guy. That would be that's my ultimate dream match to have a match against Nick Gage. Like he's the man. He's like he put it on the map for a lot of people, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Nick Gage. Big fan of Sick Nick Mondo. Like that's like mm. the first deathmatch I saw when I was a you know teenager. And I saw him take the weed whacker and get thrown off the roof. And I'm like, what the hell is this? This is the coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, <laughs> and then big on, like, Onita and Megumi Kudo and Mr. Pogo and 90s deathmatch, like, Japanese deathmatch wrestling. So, big on that. Man, I love, like, Slack, Atticus Kogar, like, like Drake Younger's great. Like, there, mm-hmm. there's so many people like it's hard to list like everybody that I'm super into in deathmatch yes. that's just like that's my world so I just I love so many different people <laughs> in that oh, so those are probably my favorite John Murdoch, Casey Kirk, yeah
3: all those. yeah I so uh, do you know uh, this is just a random question is no piece running anytime time in my lifetime again like it's weird that they they did the two shows, which were, on the face of them, very successful as far as attendance. They've never had so many people look at them live. But it felt like things were sort of, you know, they didn't quite get their thing on fight TV, and so they announced it. Like things felt like they're falling apart a little bit. I don't. Do you do you know if they have another show coming up? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't
2: think they had. Like to the best of my knowledge, like they ran that first two shows, and then April just passed, and they did like a. Uh, if I'm thinking correctly, I think they did, like, a show out in L.A., like, for Mania Weekend. Right. So, I do know uh, the next show they're running, but I know they plan on still doing, like, a whole lot. So, I'm not too in the mix with what they have planned for the future. But, yeah, I, I really like No Peace, so I hope that they yeah. keep going. Cool vibe, really cool people, like, and cool locker room. Just, it's not, like, a crazy drive for me. It's, and it's just, you know, a bunch of hardcore bullshit, and I love
3: it. <laughs> I um, did that first show that they did the first show that you were on. uh, I was thinking like, I I wrote the report about it, but I don't think people really got how amazing that was to have the main event where you had Paro who's kind of no pieces and arguably Florida's biggest sort of like death match guy. That's like a Florida based guy.
0: yeah, Teaming
3: with Schlack who is like, who's the XPW champion with mm-hmm. Sawyer Wreck, who's kind of like the biggest rising star in GCW and the biggest right. rising star as far as like female deathmatch wrestler along with like Casey Kirk. So it was oh, like, yeah, it's this sort of crazy marriage. And then they got the 440 guys back together to be on the other side. And I thought like, man, this is really big. Like no piece just has a knack for just finding or making the matches that you that you didn't know you wanted to see until you see them. And also absolutely. kind of plucking guys out of nowhere, I think it's a great place for you in the sense that it's like, you know, you've now like clearly established yourself over two shows. I'm curious to see where they'll go with you from here. So hopefully they get up and running on the regular.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I want to be on as many no pee shows as possible. Uh, Jared, the promoter and everything, he's such a rad dude. And, like he has such Yeah, cool Jared's vision. great. Yeah, I love this mm-hmm. guy. So And it's like a bunch of cool people. Like uh I kind of got in there through uh JJ Escobar from POR wrestling. I don't know if you know much about JJ Escobar. Yeah. The guy is absolutely insane. Uh <laughs> initially I was gonna wrestle him, but then it changed into the to the sixth man, but which was awesome. So and you know, I was like, All right, I have to have my moment, so Zicky, I'm gonna need you to light me on fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh need Dave, to how'd you like your your uh, ventures into uh, TWE and being managed by the Rev. Dude, it is the best. I. So Rev, like, Rev
2: Dan is, like, he has so much knowledge. Like, that guy is just a fountain of knowledge. Like, I, I text him, like, every day about stuff. Like, he's uh, my 10 contact next to my mom, which is really funny Contrast photos, you know? <laughs> um, so he, uh, like, I got lined up with him, or I met them, uh, a little over a year ago when they were started to come to Southern honor wrestling and everything. And mm-hmm. me and tank had a, had a death match and we just really all hit it off. And then uh, I had another death match against tank at a bike rally and, and we just were good buddies. And then uh, they wanted to start Covenant of the goat, like a new stable. And they were like, Hey, I think you would be good for this. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. It's an honor because I really look up to rev Dan and tank. They're like, you know, Southern wrestling legends, you know? So just to be associated with them is such a, such an honor so i love picking their brain they're so knowledgeable and uh me and rev dan have similar interests outside of wrestling too so we're just good buddies and naturally so well nice
3: well nathan um you know you've done such great camera work now you're a viable wrestler who's like touring around you're clearly in the the part of it where like you're willing, I mean, is this safe to say for like promoters and stuff listening, you seem like the kind of guy who's willing to go anywhere and you mm-hmm. don't seem overly concerned about like, I mean, who, I'm i am not saying don't pay the man. What I'm saying is you're going to show up and do somebody's show from all accounts. I saw where you're going here, you're going there. Like mm-hmm. this is the part where you're like, now that I'm in this shit, I'm, I'm fucking doing it. Right. So oh, I would say book the fucking Kill Billy, right? In like wherever he's going, he's going to get there. And um, man, oh. it's so, in, in fact, I just, I'm going to message you this. I'm not going to say it on air because what mm-hmm. I just thought of is so fucking good. Like I, it's <laughs> one of these ideas that I just got in my head that I went, I wish I had thought of that for myself years and years and years ago, but it's so mm-hmm. great that I have because I know you'll actually execute it well. <laughs> so I'll message you about it. But I'm super excited. Um, do you do you have anything else coming up at like say? Um, I mean, I know you're busy and all, like with other stuff. Mm-hmm. But like Southern Honor, uh, any any plans to work you back in over there?
2: I yeah, I I would love I would love that. Like that's all up to like Dylan and everything. So whether he wants to work me in, he's got. Like, Dylan books things out pretty far in advance. Like, he has a very good, like, like uh, you know, stories kind of planned out. So whenever he can implement, he'd be great. I'm not going to, like, pressure or bother him. Like, I want to be right. able to get a step in to kind of earn that spot, you know. So mm-hmm. whenever he feels like I'm ready, hopefully I can because I love – Southern Honor Wrestling, I still believe that's the best uh, wrestling in Georgia. So I would love to be, you know, a part of that and transition from camera guy to wrestler there if they allow it.
3: So. <laughs> well, and, you know, with the Covenant of the Goat, I think there's a good chance of uh, possibly something happening in that regard too. That would be amazing.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, Tank and them were frequenting uh, Southern Honor a lot, so hopefully they can uh, come back if we can get something going. I definitely would be open to it because I'd love that. So, But we will see. So uh, yeah, that's that's the goal. So hopefully that can uh, come to fruition.
1: You know, it's it seems like you're pretty much game for just about anything in deathmatch wrestling. What aren't you? What aren't you game for in deathmatch wrestling? Is there anything that's like nah, nah, not 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 going to do that?
2: Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm I'm pretty crazy. Like I'm down for a <laughs> lot of things, a lot a lot more than most people. But there's some stuff like. Like I don't do like uh like huge heights. I don't want to like you know jump off a roof like a huge roof or something and get paralyzed. Um, some people use like engine spikes and things like that. Like seem like worth the risk to me. Um, but I'm cool with gussets being set on fire, getting stabbed, knives, whatever. You know I'm open for most things. Like uh, the only thing that is a no go is getting hit by a car because I was going to do that at POR wrestling and me and Michael had oh, a big shit. argument. <laughs> And they were like, she's like, "No, you can't get hit by a car." I'm like, "Come on, it'll be so cool." And she's like, "I can't
3: believe I'm arguing about this." <laughs> so, and then it happen, so. <laughs> oh my god! Um, actually, let me let me bring up. Uh, let's do a do a yes or no to some deathmatch spots that have caused a lot of controversy lately. <laughs> okay. Um, is there, okay, first, is there anybody that you would, in the deathmatch world, that you would not work with for whatever reason?
2: Uh, I don't know. It would just kind of just, uh,
3: like, there's a few people, okay. but I don't want to say it, you know. I, I got you. I feel people. you. Um, yeah. Would, would you do Would no. you do the XPW uh, needle through the dick spot? <laughs> uh, Probably not. I mean, that's, it's like,
2: like... You know, to each there's an audience for that. That's not particularly my thing or my,
3: you know, You really don't have to explain why you don't want to take a needle to the dick. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> like, look, most of us... Are so, Dude, so, that's, so you don't need to justify that one, man. I don't think that's yeah, going to cost you, know, you a booking fair. anytime soon. I don't yeah, think fair. so. Um, uh, I'm going to go no-go on the syringe to the dick, so... <laughs> and then if I knew it would get me signed, I would have taken a tampon to the mouth from Priscilla Kelly years ago. I didn't know that that was your way in, but... Yes. Um,
2: what I'd do you got coming down.
3: up, Nathan? You got you, you got any you got any shows coming up? Let us know about.
2: Uh, I'll be at a uh, TWE uh, for a good yes. bit. Like I'm
3: pretty consistent up there. Um, I'm going
2: to be like if if any, for whatever reason if anybody from Virginia is listening, I'm going to frequent a lot at POR Wrestling and hopefully uh, No Peace will keep doing its thing and I'll keep. Uh, yes. Hopefully, I can be a regular at No Peace and it seems like that as well. So. Many of those areas and just random shows throughout Georgia and Tennessee. I'm just kind of uh, – I'm open for booking. So if you need someone to get set on fire or bleed all over your stuff, let me know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Love it. Larry, I'm going to pitch you on the spot for one last question. Uh, Larry, so Nathan worked at ProSouth show. Yeah. What did you think? What did you think?
1: Oh, I was impressed. I I, mm. I I I enjoyed the match and I loved the the the, uh, the uh, bamboo skewer spot you did with Sean uh, Christopher. I thought that that match worked great. Nice. And, oh, and hey. It was it was right up and it was right up Sean Christopher's alley too. Yeah. Oh. Well,
2: thank you. Yeah,
1: that was my first regular singles match, and so I had so I wanted to go the whole
2: match without using any weapons. But then afterwards, we did a whole you know post match. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I
1: can't go home without blood, you know?
2: <laughs> no, it
1: wouldn't, it wouldn't have been right if you didn't do that after the match, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want people to, like, because I do crazy shit, so I want, like, and people expect that from me, I think. So I kind of always have to do a little something crazy, even if it's a regular match.
3: Excellent. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on, man. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I was nothing but impressed when i saw you live I, you know i'm wrestling for me i it's such a weird thing at this point in my life we're 100 hours a week so when i get out to mm-hmm. a wrestling it's kind of like when you're like if you're on a really strict diet when you mm-hmm. when you have your cheat meal or you know you swing in McDonald's, you want that quarter pounder to be like the best. You want it to be worth the calories that you're eating. <laughs> and I got to say, like,
0: you know, he's just like,
3: uh, and I mean, when I go to a wrestling show, I need something to, to jump out at me. And whether that's Cameron Stewart, who he had on earlier, that may, he and Asia mm. made that otherwise very ordinary show made me glad that I like managed to stay awake and watch a show. I think I had the same thing in no peace where I love that show, but you know, mm-hmm. you being so good and so capable on those two shows really, the, I, I watched your matches, put it that way, because I, I, I don't really go to wrestling to watch it. I go to wrestling to sort of be around the people and talk. And, you know, yeah. any, the fact that I stopped talking to Priscilla Kelly to look at your match should That's be the, you, you don't know what an honor that is because she's wow, in a I, low-cut I, shirt and I'm watching you instead of her. And she's sitting there like, Stephen Platinum, and she's saying in her little cute voice. Steven Platinum, I'm like, oh, my God. Bitch, why did you come over during this? All right, I'm looking.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate it. She's Woman. a lot cooler than so I'm glad that you
3: watched my match. It's an honor. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're, you're a good-looking dude. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for so much for being on. And uh, I can't, like, when I come to one of these shows, I swear to God, I'm going to make it that I don't have to run to work before the show's over mm-hmm. so you and I can actually, like, like shake hands and say what's up. And by so the way, happy. you have Killbilly shirts, is this correct? I do,
2: yeah. They're, uh, I have them on my person, so wherever you see me out, like I have them in my car, or you can
3: get them on Deathmatch Worldwide. Nice. Deathmatch Worldwide, great. Copy with yeah. shirt, everybody. Please. Thank you so much for being on, man. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. It's been fun. Oh, you're welcome. Our oh. pleasure.
1: Take
2: care. All
3: right.
1: Perfect. All right. Take care, y'all.
3: So thanks to Nathan Maury, the Kill Billy, and thank you to Cameron Stewart. And, uh, you know, Rob Broad, um, his contribution, uh, I mean, I'm going to take a little bit of credit, Larry. Like, when it looked like Rob Broad was... Now, he's a guy who's been around Georgia wrestling. Like, he, I remember him as the guy who took a lot of pictures at, like, Peach State when he would go, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And when he showed even the slightest inclination towards writing reports... I mean, Larry and I both were like, "We got to encourage this guy, right?" And I will say that the initial reports were a little rough, right? I think he was trying too hard to be liked instead of getting the report done. You know what I mean? And but he's, but I've never met a guy who took more than Rob Rod, you know. And he he went from a guy who we were happy to have the reports to. I mean, is it safe to say the guy that really provided, you know, the bulk of content to look at on Georgia Wrestling History when the changeover happened, when the site became more about show reports and news items rather than just sharing people's flyers, Rob Rod was an integral part of that whole movement. And... uh, (sighs) I mean, I mean, the number
1: the number of shows that guy attended, particularly in 2022, was just mind-blowing, really. And um, was, I know he that's he the
3: case. The but, I mean, how much bitching did groups used to do about, you guys never get out to our show, says, you know, shitbird show number four. Rob Rod tried to go to everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
3: think it's a real testament to him that he really cared. I mean, I I think... In the same way that I, I thought it was great that you took over everything um, because you really care about the scene. Not to say that Rich didn't care, but it was just a different vibe. Like, you you really are, like, a man of the people as far as, like, Georgia wrestling goes. You love being part of the scene. I mean, the fact that you took a bump at Pro South really says it all. I, You know, <laughs> Um, and I think Rob Rod was similar in that way. I think he's, he loves being around the scene when he yes. and I were both at GIPW, you know, I was like, Hey Rob, you going to go to the after cause GIPW, the best thing about that show is that they all go and hang out together, right? Whether it was at the Mexican restaurant or whatever sports bar we went to this other time. And I'm like, Rob, are you going? And he said very timidly, like, well, no, but nobody really invited me. And I thought to myself, like, wow, this guy who does so much for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to be included. And so I'm like, all, you know, in my subtle fashion, I went, "Fuck that shit! You're fucking coming, right?" <laughs> and, um, you know, like, but there's a part of Rob that's always the guy that he's a fan of this stuff first, and, um. And I think his writing reflects that in the best ways. And, again, you know, part of Georgia wrestling history's renaissance, down to, like, the award show where he was nothing but supportive, the iceberg show where he put up 500 bucks right away to encourage people to donate money to that thing. There's just something about that guy that is um, very loving, cares about the, the wrestling people in Georgia. And we're very lucky to have him.
1: He's he's been an integral part of the scene, and we're going to miss the hell out of him in Georgia. Yes. Yeah, in Georgia and West. I mean
3: selfishly, I'm glad he's in fucking Florida. Yeah, um, we are not we are not going to have to split duties if Rob Ron and I can be at the same goddamn show. I'm going to do my best to get there, and because he'll he'll actually write the report on time, and then I'll I'll write the report you know a month later. <laughs> when people forgot that show even happened. So like, I mean, I, I'm going to encourage him to continue to write. Cause I just think, I think he's good at it. And I think Florida needs it desperately, but you know, George is going to miss him. And that's, that's a call to Duke to Jabari to Larry, of course. And then to anybody else, if you want to write about these shows, please write about them. Even if you only write as good as dusty finish, we want you to rock. Oh,
1: he's got a really—he's got a good story up on Hunter James today, and 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 of course Duke has a story been, up about Southern Honor uh, today. So yeah. got, these guys are doing it.
3: <laughs> well, whichever version of Dusty Finish wrote this one, he's the good one. There's like three. <laughs> There's a terrible one that writes only like a little bit. There's the medium one that's like okay, and then there's the one who's like prolific. He always writes longer stuff, and it's usually pretty good. And that's the one that wrote the article today, so that's good. And I didn't mean to, didn't mean to k fade and, and blow his thing. Anyway, where are you going to be this weekend, Larry?
1: I am only doing GCW this weekend. You know, one news item we forgot to mention is Battle Slam mm-hmm. is back on Sunday, but I can't make it and I've this is the first time I've missed a Battle Slam or Terminus show and I would just have to go out of
3: curiosity to, to see what happens.
1: They're running my the phone the, the,
3: the Battle Slam show as Richard King, who is the yes. other guy that I love, love that guy's getting signed tomorrow.
0: Could not He's agree
3: more. freaking great and I saw he was going to be a Battle Slam but you know what I didn't see on that Battle Slam flyer? When it was taking place and where. My God. <laughs> I mean, they had it in the like body of the the like the caption, but they didn't see yeah. it on the flyer itself. Jesus Christ. These guys couldn't get wet if they fell in the fucking ocean.
1: Anyway. So any yeah. So I'll be at GCW. I'm going to be limited, I think, this weekend to Game Changer, and then the following mm. Friday is Action's five year anniversary show.
3: Jumping Jesus. And,
1: and then the following Saturday, I will be hopefully, if God willing, in the Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago for AAW. <laughs> So I'm wow. looking, very looking forward. I, I just I've been there twice. Just absolutely loved it. Really looking forward to going back there, big time.
3: Well, my dumbass is now committed to going to local pro wrestling at the yes a showcase of citrus tomorrow night, and then Sunday I will be at Mayhem on Mills, my absolute favorite wrestling show to go to right now, um, and then uh, I'm going to go to Shine. Whatever the next shine show is, I'm committed to going there as well. And I'm going to pro wrestling action in May. So lots of stuff coming up by my standards for sure. I'm very excited about all of it.
1: Well, Steve, it's been a pleasure to get back on here again with you two weeks in a row. And we have for our next show, whenever we do it, uh, scroll of the Greats on board for that. And then we'll see who else.
3: Absolutely. Well, um, thank you to our guests once again. They're both wonderful. Thank you to Larry Goodman. Um, I'm Stephen Platinum, and this has been The Tipping Point.
1: We thank you for listening to this broadcast. A production brought to you by the GWH
0: Radio
1: Network. Stay tuned to Georgia for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.